Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. The call to freedom is an emotional one. The concept is invoked as justification for innumerable causes, from independent struggles to minority rights campaigns. But what happens when, for instance, the Ukrainian Democratic Revolution rubs up against Crimea's right to secede? Whose freedom takes priority? Today I'm discussing what it means to be free with political philosopher Maeve Cook, and I started by asking her whether freedom is overrated as a value. If one thinks about the basic freedoms uh, that most of us uh, enjoy as citizens uh, and take for granted, if if one stops for a minute and thinks about how much uh, struggle and effort historically went into uh, um, uh, securing these uh, freedoms for uh, for general mass of people, uh, then I think it would be very, very hard to overrate freedom. I'm thinking of, of two things here um, off the top of my head. One of them, uh, a very recent example, was uh, becoming a citizen of a country in which there's freedom to travel, uh, freedom to vote. The, the caption under the picture in the Irish Times following the citizenship uh, ceremonies in Dublin Castle was you know, a quotation from one of the people uh, who, who got citizenship. Now I'm free to vote, now I'm free to travel. And I thought, well, who could dispute that, how tremendously important that is? The other uh, uh, thing that springs to mind uh, comes closer to home. I think of uh, the freedoms I have as a woman growing up in Ireland um, compared to the freedom uh, or the lack of freedom my mother had. I was able to study and pursue a career. And it's uh, inconceivable to me that I wouldn't want my 18-year-old daughter to have had uh, that kind of freedom as well. Uh, from a philosophical perspective, I mean, where's the jumping off point in terms of um, thinking around freedom or the different schools of thought as to what freedom means? There's a very um, famous essay by uh, a, f- a philosopher, intellectual, uh, Isaiah Berlin, uh, delivered a lecture, the lecture was delivered in, in, um, in Oxford in 1959, I think, uh, called Two Concepts of Liberty. And Berlin really distinguishes between uh, two uh, broad ways of thinking about freedom historically. One he calls the negative way, and the other the positive way. The negative way, the negative concept of freedom or liberty, he uses the two terms interchangeably. The negative concept of, of freedom is freedom uh, from, freedom uh, from interference by others. And it, it's important that it's other people. So other people, if other people interfere uh, um, with my uh, uh, capacity to do what I want, then I'm not free, uh, very crudely. The positive conception of freedom is a little uh, sli- uh, more slippery. Berlin associates it with the idea of self-determination or self-realization, the idea of, uh, with ideas like self-mastery or self-control, uh, with having the capacity to shape one's life in a, in a certain way. 
And just going back to the the positive kind of expression of freedom, one of the people who who would champion that is Philip Petit. Is that right? He developed that. And what's his thinking, or what does he see as the the advantages of it? He would probably, if pressed on this point, would say that his conception is more negative because it is formulated negatively. His conception builds on Berlin, but instead of talking about freedom as non-interference. Petter talks about freedom as non-domination. Now, it certainly has positive elements in it. I think that might become clearer in a minute. But even the way he formulates it as non-domination suggests uh, um, something something negative. What, Ber- what, what Petter um, um, uh, adds uh, uh, or, or, uh, to, the, to, to the Berlin conception of negative freedom or where he goes beyond freedom as non-interference is the idea um, that I can't, Freedom isn't just a matter of non-interference. I have to be um, free from the arbitrary will of other people. And I think the very good example Pettit gives is that of a slave who is treated, who has a very benevolent master. So in fact, his life is idyllic. I mean, it's unimaginable. But let's imagine, you know, there's, there's a slave who has this uh, impeccable um, a master. And Pettit would say that that slave is not free, no matter how well he's treated, no matter how how, how subjectively uh, good he feels about his life. Uh, Berlin would have to say the slave is free because he's not interfered with as a matter of fact in any way. So it's this, it's, it's been subject to the arbitrary uh, will of other people that um, detracts from freedom on Pettit's account. I think that's absolutely right. Uh, I have certain not very well worked out uh, thoughts about why Pettit's conception doesn't perhaps go far enough, but I think it's an important uh, um, modification of Berlin's idea of freedom as non-interference. And going back to a, an earlier philosopher, Immanuel Kant, and he, he had a particular approach uh, uh, to freedom that it was very much tied to ethics and to what's true that you, being free can't um, involve a, a breach of, of objective values. Is that right? Or how, how do you explain his, his kind of thinking or approach to this? Well, I'm by no means an expert on Kant, but the way I make sense of that, the connection that Kant makes between freedom and morality has to do um, with Kant's conception of freedom in the first instance. If, if, I, if I'm cold and have to put a coat on, then I'm not, uh, you know, this is not f- a moral freedom for Kant. I mean, freedom is where nothing outside of my own free will uh, uh, forces or causes me to do anything, and he thinks the only thing, uh, the only thing that causes me to do something uh, that is not external to me, is the is 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 um, the moral law. If I'm if I'm if I'm caused to do something by the moral law, this is the only possible way in which I can be both caused to do something and and be free. So uh, it's, 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 I think it's, it, that's the reason why morality or, or the sense of the moral law and freedom are uh, inextricably bound uh, for Kant. Now that's a very stringent conception of freedom. It has to do with Kant's particular idea of causality. Uh, but I think it was a valuable intuition there. And uh, in fact, Rousseau, um, Jean-Jacques Rousseau articulated it um, uh, prior to Kant. And I think there's no question but that Kant was influenced by Rousseau. And uh, Rousseau uh, paints, uh, 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 invites us to make a thought experiment about man and the state of nature. And he paints you know, a, a really um, you know, wonderful picture of, of a man in the state of nature as being free to do whatever he likes. And uh, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's a wonderful state. 
But Rousseau says, you know, we, uh, there comes a point where uh, human beings can't live like that anymore, probably to do with scarcity of resources and too many people who are free in this way. And uh, eventually people are forced for contingent reasons to join together and form societies. Once they're in societies, then new problems arise. But the big challenge for Rousseau is how to create a form of society, given that people have to live in societies, uh, in which each individual uh, uh, is able to um, enjoy um, the, the, the uh, practical and moral benefits from being in society uh, and remain as free as before. So, um, so freedom, individual freedom is very important for Rousseau. He thinks it has this element of being free to do whatever you like, which human beings have in the state of nature. But he says in a very interesting passage in the book The Social Contract, he says, Rousseau says, by be entering society, uh, human beings become truly free, they become real human beings because they, they gain moral freedom and civil freedom. So he thinks there, there, is, there are forms of freedom we can only have through living with other people in, in society. And, we can, and only when we have them do we become uh, you know, fully developed, flourishing uh, human beings. So that's not the language uh, he uses. Does that, in a sense, push collective freedom ahead of individual freedom or should one, should one rank them in that way? I think that is one of the most, uh, 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 for me, one of the most difficult questions. Uh, freedom, the relationship between individual freedom and uh, and other people in the first instance. So I think people like uh, Rousseau and also uh, uh, Pettit, I think they're right to say that individual uh, freedom is always tied up with the freedom of other people. But the challenge is to work out how exactly uh, it's tied up. So um, you asked me, does individual freedom, does collective freedom from individual freedom or what's the relationship between the two. I mean, I would say that individual freedom always has to trump collective freedom, but I would say um, that, that, that individual freedom is tied to other people in very complex and important ways. I think that even Philip Pettit, who emphasizes the social nature of freedom, that he, in my view, doesn't take quite seriously enough the ways in which I can only develop as a free person through my interaction with other people. Standing back and looking at freedom against maybe other values that are out there and in the hierarchy, if you like, of values, where should freedom rank? Some people would say, uh, say certain libertarian uh, views just um, exaggerate the importance of freedom and uh, neglect the importance of other values such as you know, equality, social cohesion. Uh, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. It's not a bad way of looking at it. I would prefer to say that they, that, that they fail to see how, how freedom involves uh, certain forms of social justice and equality uh, and that one can't be free unless um, other people are free and unless certain social, uh, um, social structures are in place and certain uh, social institutions are, are promoted. And um, coming at it from the other way, I would say that Freedom, equality, um, you know, other core values are linked together. And it seems hard for me to think why anybody would want equality unless they wanted some sort of individual freedom as well. So I'm not, I mean, Isaiah Berlin, to go back to him, he thought they were quite separate values, freedom and equality. And you, you know, you gain equality. He didn't want to rank them necessarily. He said, well, equality um, is very important too, but sometimes we just have to cope with, we have to um, uh, put up with less freedom because we want equality. 
I think the two are, are, are just t- are tied together. Yeah. Why would anybody want equality uh, for its own sake? They want it because they want to flourish as human beings, and part of that flourishing involves a certain... Uh, 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 if, if freedom for me is one of those components of human flourishing. Maeve Cook, thank you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.